Support comes from the Janice Hawkins Cultural Arts Park on the main campus of Troy University, featuring the International Arts Center, the Fred Nall Hollis Museum, and the Hua Baozhu Gallery. More information at troy.edu slash artspark. From Troy Public Radio, this is the In Focus Storyline book series, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. The book we've chosen to discuss in a two-part interview is timely. The Challenge to NATO, Global Security and the Atlantic Alliance by Troy University political science professors Doug Davis and Michael Slobodka and assistant professor Brandon Stewart. The editors have brought together contributors like Robert S. Hunter, former U.S. ambassador to NATO, and U.S. Army four-star general Wesley Clark, former commander of U.S. European Command and Supreme Allied Commander Europe. In July, Lithuania hosted a NATO summit, and people were watching closely to see if Turkey would block Sweden's attempt to join NATO. Professors Davis and Slobodkov join us to reflect on the status of NATO following that summit. Professor Doug Davis, thank you so much for joining us here at Troy Public Radio. Thank you, Carolyn. And Professor Michael Slobodkov, chair of the political science department at Troy University, thank you for joining us as well. It is a pleasure to join you, Carolyn. Thank you so much. The two of you have written what I consider a landmark book. You are co-editors along with Brandon Stewart, of The Challenge to NATO, Global Security, and the Atlantic Alliance. Professor Davis, what made you want to tell the story? Really, the story begins with a grant that Michael and I wrote where we applied to host a NATO conference. This was during the NATO 70th anniversary, so it was in 2019. And we were the only grant recipients in the United States to win the award. And we hosted a conference at Troy University, which had diplomatic representation from five or six NATO countries and many representatives from the armed services, government, and people who spent their lives serving NATO. From that, we uh, built up a lot of connections that led to this whole comprehensive book that we were able to be fortunate enough to put together. I remember how passionate some of the ambassadors of the NATO countries were at that conference. And Professor Slobodkov, let me ask you, you're a BBC World News commentator, contributor, and you have a background with a family from Russia. So from your perspective, both personally and professionally, what do you think is the value of NATO to U.S. interests? Well, I think uh, that NATO has always been one of the most successful collective security organizations that the world has known. And really, it's Article 5 of NATO, which states that an attack on one member country is the same as an attack on any member country that makes NATO so successful. And so, in fact, uh, interestingly, there's only one time that Article 5 has ever been invoked and it was invoked after September 11th when the United States was attacked by al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. So bringing it forward, there was a NATO summit in July. 
What are the latest developments following that summit, Dr. Davis? Well, the summit took place in Lithuania, and the major developments are, again, responding to the Ukraine war to figure out a new defensive and a way to provide broader security for Europe in general, and also to include the new members, in particular, the the application of Sweden to join NATO. It required a breakthrough where the Turkish government made a deal and allowed there to be the consensus for Sweden to join. Now, that's supposed to be approved by the Turkish parliament, but everything appears to be a forward for the expansion of NATO to include Sweden. But, you know, most meetings, they work out their agenda in advance. Everything is approved. That was really the only surprise from that meeting. But it was, again, that NATO has to focus much more on defense and think about security in ways that it hasn't had to consider since the Cold War. And, of course, Finland is a new member. So, Dr. Slobodkov, when you look at Putin's playlist, did his invasion of Ukraine backfire with this? Putin tried to prevent NATO from expanding. Certainly, he doesn't want Ukraine to join. He doesn't want Georgia to join and has been willing to use force to try to prevent it. Uh, the problem is, is that anytime you use force to try and prevent something like that, it worries the other states around. And so Finland, as a neighbor of Russia, was very concerned about that, as was uh, Sweden. And so his actions in Ukraine actually led to an expansion of NATO that he didn't foresee happening. So in that respect, it really backfired. And in that conference, of course, Ukraine wanted to join NATO, but they were put on hold. Is this because if they had joined, that could have led to World War III because of Article 5? It certainly could have, uh, Carolyn. And there's still concern about uh, possibly an expansion of the war, especially with Poland and, and other countries in Eastern Europe. But if Ukraine were allowed to join NATO, then theoretically, yes, uh, they'd have Russian troops on their soil, which would trigger Article 5, which is a concern for all NATO member states. Certainly, the U.S. really doesn't want to immediately have NATO in a full-on war against Russia. So, Dr. Davis, in the book, you and your co-editors talk about the rise of autocracies in the world. Why do you think this is happening? It's a complex thing, and it's really, unfortunately, if we look back over the past two decades, the rise of autocracy has been growing steadily. Really, democracy kind of really peaked in the 1990s, and unfortunately, it's been not as attractive in developing countries and not able to prevent a really a sustainable model. But part of that is really from the internal dynamics of the West, where we see a massive increase in inequality. And we see people who have trusted the social welfare system, and really, it's breaking. And they see the whole demographic crisis where we see retirees outnumbering workers. And that is uh, going to become a norm in Europe in the next 10 years. And so the problem really is that our governmental systems were built on a model that was very successful in the late 1900s after World War II, 1980s, 1990s, but hasn't been as effective at adapting to the reality in the world today. And so this causes, you would see right-wing parties, we see far left-wing parties, we see the erosion of the middle 
and, and really we see polarized societies all through the whole democratic world, the whole Western world in general. And so the result of that is this polarization. But if we're not able to keep our own within in the West, we also are not able to present a really an attractive model to developing countries. And so unfortunately, there are rivals. So this all fits in the dynamics of great power competition. We see Russia rising and unfortunately exerting influence, especially in Africa in the past six months. And we see China also proposing a whole different model. And the result of that is we need to be able to, to face reality and address our concerns and present democracy as something that's attractive to everyone. That's, I, I think, where we failed and haven't been as successful. Well, Professor Davis, we are out of time, but we are going to get together again for next Thursday as we continue our book series, The Storyline, with a focus on your book, The Challenge to NATO, Global Security and the Atlantic Alliance. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Slobodchkov, thank you for joining us as well today. Thank you, Carolyn. Our guests were Troy University political science professors Doug Davis and Michael Slobodchkov, co-editors with Brandon Stewart of the new book, The Challenge to NATO, Global Security and the Atlantic Alliance. Next Thursday, we'll bring you part two of their interview as we include Russia, China, and the Arctic in the discussion. Thanks for joining us today for the storyline from In Focus, which is a podcast on NPR One and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.